0: Oh. Yeah, us. I like this, honestly. <laughs> you know, it's a little poppy, yeah. fun, like
1: horns in there. Not a banjo in sight. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> it's honestly kind of a. Uh, I don't know. A little 1975
1: ish. Yeah, I could see that. A little that. bit. I could see that.
0: Less British.
1: It's like an American 1975. Yeah. 1776. But... <laughs> it's like a, the, the 1776. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> It's easier to bite your tongue. Oh, 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 oh. Every time that you behave, every time.
0: studio i'm jimmy seleski i'm eric glazer and uh we got a, a new cast for you this nice and you know, breezy
1: it's a little chillier than it a has breezy, been
0: but in a good way i like the breeze yeah the breeze is nice uh on a, a nice little wednesday cast for you we haven't done a wednesday in a while it's been
1: quite some time yeah it's a different vibe
0: it is a different vibe we usually do a tea day a little tuesday or a thursday mm-hmm. you know
1: Oh, I know, baby. Oh, you know. So I figured you could pull off the introduction on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I <can't. laughs> given that this is we're on the street. We're on the street. your cousin. My
0: cousin is on the podcast tonight. Okay. Uh, Ryan Glazer coming at you live from the studio.
3: Oh do you, yeah. Do you, you no longer studio. go by Bug? Uh, no, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay, because um, I kind of wished you did. Uh, my my family absolutely all calls me Bug. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I when I was in high school. I had teachers that called me Bug. I had uh, most of the people in the school thought my name was Bug. Nobody really knew my real name. Uh, How did you get that? So We're starting way back. Okay, yeah, yeah. Story. We'll, we'll start right at the beginning. <laughs> so when I was born, uh, like a couple days after I was born, I was still in the hospital. Okay, and I was lying sense. down on my back, looking up at my dad. And he said I had my eyes open really wide and it looked like I had bug eyes oh so okay. literally from then it's been bug wow so you never and stood a word chance spread. no <laughs> <laughs> never.
0: word spread to everyone around town all
3: around the hospital they were like have you seen this new kid bug <laughs> yeah. i mean I, I was a bug on wtmd yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah dude so return to form forever.
0: back on the mics
3: yeah yeah back on the so you're
1: are, you grew up i guess around here and everything like that yep. uh where'd you go to high school i went to delaney nice Unfortunately. wow yep Wow. <laughs> yeah. Another
0: rival cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of tension in the air already.
3: <laughs> I played lacrosse too, so it was really tense. <laughs> now, now I'm just fucking Uh-oh, pissed, is going to come fist to fisticuffs? <laughs> <laughs> lacrosse.
1: <laughs> now that's awesome, dude. So at Delaney, um, did you, because uh, you I'm a, You went to, what, did you go to Taos University? Or did you go, I did. I did go to Taos Did ta- you hmm. study for broadcasting there? I did. Okay, so you had machinations. I've been dying to use that word all day. You had machinations to uh, do broadcasting from a a young age then.
3: I I don't think it was broadcasting. Actually, it never was broadcasting until later, until college. Mm. Okay. Um, So I I was always interested in music and production. And I'll, I'll tell you another story from way back in the beginning. Perfect. So my brother Jay and I... What we used to do is we were, I was real into concerts and lighting. I thought lighting was so cool. So what my brother and I would do is we would go in my room and I had this fake guitar and a video camera and we would get all the flashlights in the house, cover them in saran wrap and color the saran wrap with different colored markers. Nice. And so <laughs> <laughs> we would you know, turn the lights off in the room and shine them up on my bed and I'd pretend like I was playing guitar and my brother would film it on the camera. So we're in there and we're doing this, and I was like, you know, Jay, this isn't this isn't cool enough. Like we need smoke, and I was like, I don't want to burn anything down, but like, <laughs> what, what else could we could we get that smoke? Mm-hmm. And and he was like, well, if you take a, a baby powder bottle and you squeeze it. It kind of like puffs out smoke. Okay. So we're like, all right, let's give it a <laughs> shot. So we turn the lights down, got the flashlights up, and we start puffing the baby powder out. And it's great. It gets all in the air. It looks like colored you know, lights and smoke. We got this video on the video camera, like a VHS. And we're like, oh, this is awesome. My mom comes in and flips the light on in my room. My entire room is covered in a film of baby powder. (laughs) Everything (laughs) has this white tint. For like years after that, I'd be like moving furniture and find like another spot of baby powder. But I was was I was always into like lighting and production and So when you say production,
1: you're talking about like the the like um when I think production, I'm also thinking like music production, like the kind of ones and twos on the board as well. Did you study any of the audio engineering as a- well?
3: Absolutely, yeah. So I actually started in audio. Were
1: you in a sick Delaney high school band?
3: I wasn't. I wasn't in really any bands. Oh, okay. I was on the audio side. You know, okay. I, I had friends that were in bands and I would go and, you know, do sound for them and stuff. Okay. Um, I played in a couple bands here and there, played drums a little bit, but nothing ever like serious. And how did you wind up at uh, WTMD? Uh, Well, I went to 89.7 WTMD. So I uh, went to Towson University, and Mm -hmm. while I was there, I was in the EMF, Electronic Media and Film um, program, and I had to do an independent study and get an internship. And WTMD was on the campus of Towson at that point, and so I was like, all right, let me give it a shot. So I did that and started as an intern there, and um, after about three semesters, they offered me a, a little part-time job and I kind of kept doing more stuff and learning how to do more stuff and eventually got a full-time job after I graduated and um, was head engineer for a, a little while and then you know left to go do some other stuff. So
1: Now, would you agree with me if I said that uh, I think WTMD, and this isn't me just being a homer, which I am, um, but I would argue that WTMD is one of the better if not one of, i would say one of the top I, i'm unfamiliar with other college radio stations around the country but i'm in a band as i'm submitting stuff to college radio stations all around and i feel like wtmd is definitely one of the more legitimate like serious now i don't know how it was when you started there what year would you say you started there internship um. wise
3: Probably two thousand
1: four. Okay, so I know now they have that huge tower and stuff, and it's just like this crazy production thing. But was it was it anywhere close to that level when you started there, or did you kind of no? Nah, it was nah. really just
3: yeah. I mean, TMD was in the basement of the media center mm-hmm. on Towson University's campus. You know, and. Um, it was just a, a, honestly, a room no bigger than this. Nice. The, the actual mm. studio was smaller than this. Sweet. Um, Good to hear. But <laughs> I love it. There were really cool people working there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy, Mike Vasilikos, Mike Matthews, was the program director. And he wow. picked a lot of the music and a lot of the stuff that we played. And he just had a great ear. He works at WXPN in Philadelphia now, which is one of like the better uh, or best public radio stations in the country. Um, so he's there doing music for them, and uh, he just picked cool stuff. Yeah. You know, and in addition to picking that cool stuff that people wanted to listen to, I think TMD's always had that kind of uh, dedication to Baltimore music and mm. giving, you know, giving musicians a chance. Absolutely, I think that's part of you know their mission and, and what they've always been about, even yeah. from the beginning.
1: Definitely, I guess definitely the premier uh, Baltimore college radio station of any that I can. You're, you're think actually,
3: of. I'm gonna have to correct you. It's uh-uh. actually not a college radio station. So what is it hmm. then? So it, it, it's a public radio station. Okay. Uh, and it was a, and now it's different. When I worked there, uh, Towson University owned the broadcast license, and It was like a separate entity that ran uh, the radio station. Since then, they were were bought by uh, WYPR, so now they are um, they they own WTMd now, but so they're running WTMd. So it's not at Towson anymore.
1: Okay. Now, did that now when that um, purchase happened, did did you notice any change in the kind of uh, select? Because because when they were a college radio station, um. Did it feel like they were a little bit more in touch locally? Because I know it's kind of a sad thing with a lot of radio stations. You know, you hear about like growing up in like the 80s and 90s and stuff like that, where like, you know, local radio stations were really how a lot of like small bands kind of caught on. And then the unfortunate reality of that is you have these local radio stations that are all like, you know, iHeartRadio now, and there's no such thing really...
3: Well, that's kind of the good thing about WYPR. They're another public radio station, and so it's not being bought by some big company or something like that, and you still have uh, the people at WTMD that that were dedicated to that stuff. You know, Sam Sessa, he was the host of uh, Baltimore Hit Parade, and he was dedicated to doing that stuff. Tyler Laporte, he... Plays tons of Baltimore music, and he's picking music up there now. So those guys are still there. So I don't, I don't see any of that changing. Good, but, good, you know, good. That's it's not good. like they were bought by some big company or anything. So nice.
1: Yeah, Sam Sass cool. is a good dude. I heard that he uh, is no longer running Baltimore Hit Parade.
3: Yeah, he. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what his official title is. He he's doing like community events and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, kind of jointly with YPR and WTMD. Okay. Mm. Now, what is your involvement with them now, if any? Um, my involvement, you know, Tyler is one of my best friends. Uh, I, I love everybody at TMD. You know, they were always a, a family to me when I worked there. So, um, But officially, n- nothing. I mean, mm. I, I think uh, WTMD is going to be a media partner and media uh, sponsor for Hot August Music Festival. Yep. Yeah. Um, but you know, other than that, just we're all just friends. Yeah,
1: we haven't quite touched upon the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. Seamless transition. Seamless transition.
0: So, you just you uh, you know, had a festival land in your lap recently.
1: Yeah. On its do so, Don't you hate year. when that happens? A festival just <laughs> yeah. you're just walking around your everyday life and then now you own a festival. You're just like, ah ah how'd that happen?
3: Yeah, it's it's uh it, it was pretty interesting. So I've I'll start a little bit back. I have worked on the festival when I was at WTMD. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was working at WTMD, and WTMD has always kind of been part of the festival and and done media stuff there. We did interviews and live broadcasts and uh, things like that. So I started working at the festival through WTMD, and I got to know the owner, Brad Selko, and his wife, Tricia, and Um, you know, they knew that I was kind of into the technical side and into production and stuff. And so as the festival grew, they kind of asked me if I could help out um, dealing with the bands and getting their production riders and helping with the sound companies and stuff like that. So uh, I think probably since about 2007, I think was maybe my first Hot August festival. um, I've been working with the festival. And a couple years ago, Probably three or four years ago now, the original owners Brad and Tricia they decided that they were going to sell it. Mm, and at the time, hot. I was like, you know, well, Brad's been doing it for, a, a, you know, this is the thirtieth year uh, this year, so he's been doing it for a long time, and it's a lot of work. And um, so, 1993.
1: Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. Just checking my math it's, here. It's uh, been we at have Oregon uh, Ridge the whole time,
0: right?
3: Uh, it has not. So it actually started on Brad's farm. Oh, okay. Um, and I have pictures from the original hot August festival and it's, you know, a 10 by 10 pop-up tent is where like the band played and, but you know, there's like a hundred some people there and everybody's having fun and, um, it's just kind of grew from there. So I think about maybe seven or eight years or even more than that. I'm sure it's on our website, but they moved to another farm for a couple years Uh, And then a year or two after that made their way to Oregon Ridge.
1: Now, what is even the because you talk about like buying a festival. That sounds like such an involved process. You know, I'm assuming there's a lot of like to set something like that up. I'm assuming it's not just you doing all the booking and and the licensing and stuff like that, or maybe it is. I don't know. Is it? Is that literally, is that literally like it is?
3: (laughs) uh, (laughs) If I didn't know any better, I'd say that's exactly what it is. It's pretty close. It's pretty close, but it's uh, you and your partner. Yeah. So I have a partner, uh, Robbie Cooper, who who couldn't be here with us, but um, super cool dude. And he's, you know, helping me with everything. And You know, but him and I are taking everything on. It's a lot. I mean, you're dealing with some bigger name bands and Mm -hmm. they have production riders and stuff you got to deal with and permits and dealing with the venue and um, vendors and all kinds of stuff. So there's there's a a whole lot that goes into it. And it's it's absolutely a year long process.
1: So is this kind of like do you have any other projects I'm running the risk of sounding stupid here, but like, is this like a full, like the production of this one festival at this point, is the festival large enough that this is like your thing or what else do you have going on at the, at the moment?
3: Um, I have all kinds of things going on nice. at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Cause
0: <laughs> so, I feel like you've had, you have like a million things going on. I do. Cause I feel I, like I leading do. up to this festival, I feel like you've done almost everything that's involved in a music festival. Like, I feel like... You, didn't you used to like manage bands? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd run a a lighting production and stage company, Second yep. Encore. Yep, like, still
3: do that. <laughs> you have <laughs> like, Jesus. there's
0: so many things that it's like, okay, you're like a one man band that could technically.
3: Yeah, I need to, uh, you know, I need to learn how to sleep and not work, you know, yeah. twenty hours a day i actually so i have a day job too i work at goucher college that's
1: kind of what i was getting at i figured you got other stuff going on i didn't know if you just had like a regular but i'm assuming the day job is related to this type of field or are you like a cpa
3: (laughs) wow (laughs) you almost nailed it so uh, i work in finance in the controller's office at goucher college (laughs) oh wow (laughs) yeah i work in procurement and purchasing and Jeez, so I deal, with, uh, I deal with I deal with you know numbers and buying and and stuff and budgets and wow, all that good dude. stuff.
0: So that's why the number when you bought the festival you weren't scared because you're like oh, Goucher pays yeah <laughs> Goucher does this in a weekend like that's eh, all good no, I'll no. figure it out.
3: It's uh it, it's it's wild I, I don't know but you know the the festival buying the festival it, it wasn't just about the money or, or anything like that. You know, I'd been involved with the festival for a long time and I wanted to make sure that it just kept being cool. Yeah. You know, that, that's the, that was one of the most important things. And, and Robbie will tell you the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what he said to me. He was like, dude, if we just, if we make something cool, people will come. Don't yeah, worry dude. about it.
1: Yeah. Have you, uh,
3: now how long have you uh, known Robbie? Um, probably four Three or four years now. Oh, that's okay. Um, so yeah, we, we haven't known each other that long, but we we work together. So you mentioned Second Encore, my lighting business. So I also uh, run a lighting company where I do lighting for concerts and festivals and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, and Robbie and I both work at Union Craft. So whenever they have their indoor shows and some of their outdoor stuff and the um, anniversary parties... Robbie does the audio, and he has his audio company, and I do all the lighting. So him and I work together on that stuff, and I've gotten a lot, a lot of jobs from, from him. And now,
1: Unioncraft, that's the one down by, like, Meadow Mills and all that down there? Yes. Am I thinking the right place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. sweet. And you had mentioned before the cast that, uh, you know, it's, it's built kind of, at least the way that it was pitched to me, this festival, <laughs> is that it's like a, a bluegrass festival. But then we just listened to that excellent band Ripe, <laughs> sifting through all my other search results <laughs> to get to that uh, band Ripe. And it, it, and how is that a new development? Have you guys kind of like drifted more towards just kind of being more inclusive of other genres, or is this like is this has that always been a factor at this festival?
3: It, it's something that's kind of evolved because this this actually started as Hot August Blues. Oh. and it was kind of a, a when it was back on the farm it was a very just blues, blues. festival you guys are like and, look at all this grass out you know. here and then it's just, <laughs> just one thing leads to another no, but you know it, it's kind of evolved to um let's let's kind of branch out and do some other stuff you know and as we moved to Oregon Ridge it was like okay we're, we're getting bigger we want to continue expanding uh what else can we do and it's like well let's start trying some other genres and, and branching out. And, um, you know, the festival did that. And Brad was really doing all the booking Selco, the original owner, and he would book acts that, you know, people might not know, but they were awesome. Yeah. And you could go to the festival and you could go for, you know, one of the bands on the main stage and you could end up at the second stage seeing some random band. You had no idea who they were. And that would be the highlight of the festival for you. You know, so many times I hear that from people that have attended Hot August that they're like, "Oh, I found out about this band because I saw them at Hot August and they were awesome." Mm. Andy Frasco is one of those people. So I don't know if you know Andy Frasco. I do not, unfortunately. (laughs) He is. (laughs) I hear he's awesome. Super wild. (laughs) And you know, people didn't know who he was, but they saw his show and they were like, "Wow!" Highlight of the the whole festival. You know, he was awesome. That's and, cool. It's
0: like going back to WTMD, just like finding new stuff that you just want to give to people. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. And that's why I think, you know, the partnership with Hot August Festival and TMD works so well is because, you know, our missions align so well. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we're, we're playing such a diverse mix of music. Like you just said, we, we listen to Ripe and then our headliners, Little Feet, that's like, you know, an, an older kind of rock jammy band a little bit. And then, you know, O'Teal and friends that they're super jammy, like playing, uh, almond brothers and grateful dead type stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then we have Daniel Donato who's like, uh, was it cosmic country? So it's like bluegrassy kind of country. I mean, it's just stuff that, you know, like I I was saying, we don't have a genre. We just are booking cool, great music. And if we can put together a cool lineup that, you know, we would be excited to go see, then I think other people will be. Too. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely.
1: So. Now, when, besides the fact that, uh, it's in August, when is the exact, uh, date start to date end of this year's festival?
3: August 19th. So that's ah, the sure. day we're a one day festival. Um, but we have two stages of music. We kind of stagger stuff. So you, you're able to catch, uh, all the bands and, you know, like other festivals, sometimes when they have a lot of bands, they'll stack them and they get like 30 minute sets. Um, all of our bands play at least an hour, uh, up to two hours for the headliners. So there's plenty of time to make sure you get to see everybody playing. Because really, I'm excited about everyone on this lineup. So even yeah. the people playing first in the day, um, I think, are, are super, super talented. So
1: I like day festivals, dude. Yeah, I think I, I think when I I've always had this kind of like a, aversion to longer festivals because I associate the kind of like. Um, camping out with like people that mm-hmm. oh, annoy yeah.
0: me i did all it's this. also like after one day i I don't know if i've ever been to like a multi-day festival as like a guest but like we did video for made in america in philly a
3: couple years ago mm-hmm. and after the first day you're like i don't want to be here anymore yeah. it, it gets tough i've done some bonaroos and you know you, you'll be out at six in the morning still seeing a show and, you know, an hour or two later, the sun's coming up and it's 90 degrees. So how yeah. are you going to go sleep in a tent at that point? Yeah, that's <laughs> not <nuts>. going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, it's cool, man. And, and you know, Hot August is is also a family-friendly festival. So mm-hmm. kids under 12 and under are free. And kids can just come and hang out. We have a kid's corner and um, there's, like, face painting and a drum circle and all, kind of, all kinds of cool stuff. Ooh, so. a
1: drum circle. I can get into that. Mm-hmm. A little hacky sack going back and forth oh yeah yeah that's something i feel like i gotta brush up on before i attend a festival dude my yeah, hacky, hacky sack, sack skills and hula, hooping.
3: hula hooping oh yeah <laughs> lots lots of that lots of that
0: what's the uh where do where do people get tickets while we're you know throwing out the date and everything
3: yeah hot august music, music festival.com hell yeah, yeah. Not to be
1: confused with Hot August Mucus Festival. Yeah, definitely don't <laughs> want to go to the Mucus not Festival. Not <laughs> the ideal place it's not to go. Physically. August 20th. Actually. That is my birthday, yeah. August 20th. <laughs> <laughs> mucus Fest. <laughs> so, uh, you know, going back to your, your uh, world line, your time arc, your origin story, aside from your involvement with WTMD, I know that you, uh, I don't believe any longer, but you did. Uh, for a period, obviously. Well, you started. We're one of the people that started the stages up and up in uh, Timonium, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we were at the grand opening, as we talked about before mm-hmm. the cast. Still trying to figure out who that guy was, so we can DM <laughs> him and be like, "Remember, you told us to give up on our dreams. We got you a were... neon
0: sign now, buddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were right. <laughs> so fuck you. We listened. <laughs> Damn." <laughs> No, man, that was an amazing, that was an amazing experience uh, to go up there, and uh, we, I went in that one room, I believe they call it a studio, and it was like, uh, it was so soundproof, I'm not even embellishing this, it was so soundproof, I literally got teary-eyed for the, the beauty of how, I don't know, I don't, it was like so cool to see something, so, like so much money get thrown at something to create something so dope, it was, it was really impressive. Yeah. That's oh, truly impressive.
3: Um, that means I I did my job and made it made it sound good. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah,
0: because yeah, you're a big part in like designing all those studios and getting the equipment together. And oh yeah,
3: I mean, you know, when I so I left WTMD to go and work on this stages project, and I came in when there was nothing. Um, so I was just a consultant from the beginning, and it was just an idea. And mm-hmm. so I worked with the owner to you know, find property to designing and, you know, specking studios to install and kind of overseeing the um, construction and everything. So it was uh you know, it was a good probably four or five year process wow. um, from start to finish to, to get it done. But yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible facility and um, you know, Uh, put a lot of a lot of work into it (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i bet so
0: i feel like you wouldn't even know it's there either like it's it's tucked away in the middle i did a a video shoot around there a couple years ago i think it was like you know down the street from stages but it was just a nondescript warehouse too but they're like one of the world's largest battery makers oh yeah they just make batteries there they're like oh yeah these are the ones we're making for ferrari (laughs) these are the ones we're making for lexus and like da 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 just all all tucked away in Cockeysville. Yeah.
3: For some and the, reason. And in like that Hunt Valley area. That's kind of the way Cockeysville is, dude.
1: They're There's cocky. a lot of uh sleeper cell stuff up there, dude. Oh yeah. McCormick. There's the McCormick
3: cell. slowly taking over up there. Oh yeah. Oh but yeah. you can dude.
1: smell them. You can snip you them You can out. smell them. Not a big uh you guys don't really smell too much at stages, but it yeah.
3: I can smell them in McCormick at, in my house at times. Yeah, Towson. you can smell
1: it down when they're doing
0: like the like garam masala type shit, oh, yeah. like any of the very strong smelling spices, yeah. I remember walking to school and be like, "Okay, yeah, it's a, it's a spice
4: day, <laughs> it's a spice it's day. spring, baby." Yeah.
1: <laughs> so you got hot August. Yep. August nineteenth, and what are the partnerships? Who's 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 doing the food there this year?
3: Um, so we're kind of looking into all that stuff right now. We we haven't decided who's going to be there. Um, we're kind of switching some things up a little bit. Okay. You know, I I think that that's kind of been a little bit about like what we've been doing this year. So we came in and we redesigned uh, the logo. We launched a new logo, did a new website, just kind of like freshen things up. So Mm -hmm. it's the 30th year. Um, We want to kind of kick things off feeling fresh to move into another 30 years. So um, that's where we started with that. And I think, you know, we'll change some little small things around the festival only to enhance stuff and just make mm-hmm. it make it cooler. Um, so we don't know who the food vendors are going to be, but we have Union Craft Brewing uh, coming up and doing our beers. So Good. we're really psyched about that. Um, they're brewing up something special for the festival, so we'll mm. have to see what that is. And, you know, they'll bring some of their classic favorites too. So
1: If you don't mind, I might ask to crack into one of those unions please, if I could. I feel do. like a
3: poser hack. No.
1: Drinking Corona Light.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get, get in here, grab yourself a Union Craft Super Jam. This was um, from the 10th like, anniversary.
1: I'm over here like, yeah, it's such a shame that people don't support local music anymore. <laughs> like Corona Light, this locally sourced brewery. Oh, this is a Bud Light. Okay.
3: <laughs> I told you I brought, brought a variety. There that's that's Super various.
1: Jam. Super super? I can't even read that. That's so such a hippie font, I can barely even read it. Super
3: jam. Mm-hmm.
0: What uh what's your like not your favorite thing that you want to change, or like what's what's something that you're excited about, like putting your kind of fingerprint on the festival?
1: The lighting, dude. A lot of baby lighting, powder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of baby powder. Saran <laughs>
3: um, wrap. I, I wanted to kind of Enhance the site of the festival some more. So just like add some more to the vibe. Um Oregon Ridge is such a cool place. It's such a great setting. Um, and I want to just like enhance that a little bit. So I always mm. thought the tree line was really cool, and I want to do something with that, maybe with lights. Mm. Uh, since that's kind of my thing. So I
1: thought you were gonna say you don't like the tree line. You're just gonna cut it yeah. all. Yeah. to cut, cut it down. Deep forest, down. Oregon Ridge. Get rid of the trees. Really yeah, messes. Birds are a little loud. So. <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: no. I mean, I think just kind of like improving things here or there just to add to that cool factor. You know, I think union kind of brings in that coolness with them that they, they mm-hmm. bring the cool, uh, you know, heady beers and it's just, it's just kind of like a vibe that we want to create. And that, that's kind of the the thing that I always liked about hot August was the yeah. vibe about it. Like it's super laid back. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it's family friendly. People have like tents that they're just, you know, hanging out all day long and, it's it's a very party fun friend atmosphere it's it's super cool and of course you know being which i'm still kind of
1: if we can harken back to the whole kind of like origin story a little bit with the the fascination with lighting mm-hmm. i think that's kind of um because you know obviously you you hear a lot about kids you know they're fascinated with like music and they're like playing guitar and stuff like that lighting just seems like such a uh, it's such a it's such a, a thing, obviously. Yeah. But I I don't really you don't really think about people that like are like yo
3: I just love lights, dude. Yeah. You know, and it's like we're we're a strange breed for sure. <laughs> I remember
0: so, like a while ago at like my brother's apartment, you had like some computer program where you like you you simulate lighting before yep. you even do it. Like, yeah. That's insane.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So there's uh, there's 3D visualizers where Basically, you can build you know a virtual stage and put all the lights in there and basically build the rig. But um, well, you like build a
0: playlist that you can plug into your lights to be like, all right, now when the yeah, song so comes on, yeah, so you can program here-
3: everything um, and timecode everything. So and, and that's how you know all the big tours are done. They're they're all timecoded and uh, programmed ahead of time. So when it's actually getting run. Uh, the the LD is basically you know running their time code and making sure everything's uh, working correctly.
1: Are but you guys gonna get like a hologram this year? Maybe like Oh, I that was a fake it. question. But you're really thinking about it? okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, no. hologram
0: Kenny Chesney or something <laughs> yeah. is he still alive? Uncle Cracker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you guys get the, the ghost of Uncle Cracker who's that, still alive. That would be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. Now, is Second Encore running the lighting for this production, or are you giving um, it? Well, let somebody else take care of it.
3: I'm gonna let someone else run it. Um, it'll be a lot of our gear. So that that's another thing with the festival. You know, with Robbie owning the uh, audio company, he has Old Line Audio, um, and I have my lighting production company. Between the two of us, we're saving money on production that the festival would normally be paying because we can, we have all the equipment. Yeah. Um, but you know, we're going to hire other people, our friends and stuff that, that work for us um, mm-hmm. to kind of run everything. Cause we'll be doing much, many other things. you know yeah. day of.
1: Absolutely dude. So I'm going to crack, yeah, into, crack into that guy. <laughs> Official review. Well, so is
0: that from the, uh, they had like the DJ party with Fred Armisen or something?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I ran lights for Fred Armisen. Mm, <laughs> how's that? It was cool. So I heard. He,
0: I heard he's actually a decent DJ. He
3: he is. He was super cool. Like he showed up and he was like, "What the hell is this stage?" Like I <laughs> thought I was just gonna be like in the corner, like with my iPod or something. And they're like, "No, like you're up on stage." <laughs> and he's that like, is a "Oh, okay." DJ. Like, "Jeez, I, I better like do something cool." Um, but he did. He came out and there was a drum kit up there, so he did a little bit of his drumming stuff, which was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, he played a bunch of funny stuff and had some banter in between songs, which was funny. And I think he closed with TLC Waterfalls. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. It's like, all right, there you go, Fred. What's up, man? Hell I go. think we have
0: a hologram idea. <laughs> <laughs> hologram DJ Fred Armisen. <laughs> there you <we> go. <laughs> just his iPad, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of those dudes that just genuinely seems like a cool guy. You know, you you meet a lot of celebrities or you meet a lot of celebrities. I imagine what it's like to meet a lot of celebrities (laughs) and i imagine when i meet them i'm like this guy's a fucking dick but he just seems like a cool dude he uh
3: he just hung out and walked around the brewery all day and um you know after his set he hung out and he talked to every single person that came up to the front that wanted to talk to him he sat out there probably for an hour uh you know i was breaking stuff down he sat there and made sure that he talked to everybody and He was just super cool he was so excited to be there and just a super nice dude
1: yeah Mm.
0: Mm. it's good to hear
3: no that is very good to hear now
1: I was gonna ask how long before you consider selling out but I'm not gonna ask that dude (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the question on everyone's mind, yeah. dude. If how Live Nation you, comes knocking, <laughs> <laughs> how long do you do that fire fest technique? Just give everybody a slice of warm pizza on a paper plate and just take it from there.
3: Like I said, it's not about the money. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's. I just want. I want the festival to go another thirty years. That's all. I imagine
1: that's kind of like got to be the mentality that like you you have you see something that's run by something else that you love, and then when you see that they're gonna sell it. You got to be thinking like, dude, I just don't want some other loser to buy this, you know? And now you want to be in a position to be like, I'm going to make sure that this thing lives on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. By the way, this is very good. And I don't really like sour beers, to be honest. Yeah. I was, I'm I'm definitely going to get acid reflux from this. (laughs) Try a little sip.
3: Yeah, it's good. Union has a lot of great beers. They just put um, this party, uh, like a sour pack out, the 12 pack that's delicious. Hmm. Yeah, it's not bad for a sour.
1: I'm wondering if it's supposed to be like a jam type of thing. Well, because it's super yeah, jam. It's, but it's uh like what is it? Greek.
3: Strawberry and passion fruit sour ale. Hmm.
0: I ha- I got the strawberry, but I guess I don't know what a passion fruit tastes yeah, 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 yeah. like. I don't. I don't know if I've ever had a passion fruit. I don't even I don't know, know what that looks like. Probably mangoey. It looks. Yeah, passionate. I'm still
1: on the fence if passion fruit exists. To be honest. Yeah. You it's think like, it's made like made blue yeah. raspberry. <laughs> I think it's a made up. Fruit, kind of. It's fake news. Because it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that like any one fruit would get to be called that. It's such a powerful name. Maybe it's
0: like a brambleberry.
1: Now, brambleberry, I certainly don't believe exists. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's
0: because it's just a mix of every berry. Oh. Like a brambleberry pie is like blueberry, strawberry, cherry, and it's like a turducken Mm -hmm. of berries. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
1: Okay. See, I had kind of assumed that passion fruit was just an idea, like a like a combination of all the various fruits that w- would, uh, like you fruits know, fruits of passion, fruits of passion, yeah, mm. pineapple. Uh, what other fruits exhibit packs? is pineapple? Strawberry. A strawberry, is a fruit. strawberry is definitely a passionate fruit, I would say, because you're you know, it's just like something about a strawberry is sexy which is why i didn't want to look up ripe on my <laughs> 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 It it's very important that we didn't do- go down this rabbit hole but i had nowhere else to go and now i'm over here listing the top five sexiest fruits starting with
0: pineapple first um,
1: it's not first cause it's I was so actually, spiky. I was going, at, you know, five to one, dude. You don't start <laughs> okay. off with the number one most sexy okay. fruit.
0: You're going watch Mojo style.
1: Uh, yeah, obviously dude. Uh, <laughs> honorable mention as least sexy fruit. I'm easily going Kiwi, which mm. I iran- It's not, there's, it's the only hairy fruit. Are there other hairy fruits? Uh, probably. See. I
0: would say a jackfruit isn't that sexy.
1: I don't even know what that is. That's the one that they like do meat replacement with. Oh yeah, fuck that, dude. Yeah. I just got done being vegan for my forty uh, day Greek fast, and uh, just something about like I don't know if you've ever been. You ever been like you uh, ever been Greek before? Never been Greek before. <laughs> <Never> <laughs> been Greek before. <laughs> Not even like a I'll day. Have to try it. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> if you have the choice, don't do it. Um, no, it's something about it. You said jackfruit is what they use for the uh, yeah, the vegan like shit.
0: people do like pulled pork with jackfruit. Yeah,
1: it, it's it's kind of like I don't like the idea. My girlfriend was telling me that they use um, like beets to color it red, the color the meat. Yeah, and no, then when like I was the like possible, yeah, stuff, yeah, and I was cooking up this this meat. And uh, all I could think about was, yeah, this stuff isn't really actually red. It's like probably the color of dog food, and it was just disgusting to me. You know, that's why I, I will say that not to hate on. I know this is taking a really crazy left turn, but <laughs> not not to hate on on vegans. But I've met very few people in my life that have stayed vegan. I know like a lot of people who became vegan. And then they just kind of were like, maybe a vegan for like a year, maybe six months. And then they stop. And what's funny about the people who stop being vegan is when they become vegan, you know it. But when they stop being a vegan, you never find out about that. You kind of got to confront them about it.
0: Because they're like relapsing. I don't think they want to
3: advertise it.
1: Well, they should. Because it's like, dude, you know, you were telling me. For like the past six months that I'm not meant to eat meat, that this is wrong, that this is big fucking Monsanto convincing me that cheeseburgers are good. And then six months later, you're like, I see you eat a slice of pizza. I'm like, wait, wait a second, dude. What are you doing? They're (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, just not. Oh, so everything you said for the past six months was wrong. You never hear it. We need a sequel to what the hell. Mm. six months later yeah. <laughs> what the hell six months later what the health Too back on the grind <laughs> which leads me to the third sexiest fruit and i gotta hand it to the grape
0: grape is sexy. very few fruits grape on the vine
1: very few fruits do you get you know fed to you while like laying down while somebody else fans you with a palm leaf.
0: Mm-hmm. That's never I've never actually experienced that, but <laughs>
1: neither have I. Want, it seems sexy. <laughs> much like meeting celebrities, these are the only things in my fantasies. And <laughs> eating grapes <laughs> <laughs> on a palm tree is one of them.
4: Yeah.
0: How was Greekster?
1: It was um I gotta say, dude, after not eating meat for 40 days or dairy, I really thought that that lamb was gonna hit harder than it did, mm-hmm. you know like i I also kind of like made up my own rules and also so basically the rules that I tried to adhere to um because Catholics, what I call white people Easter as you know, mm-hmm. um even I'm also white by most accounts um is uh you get to pick. You get to pick your lint. Yeah, you, you pick know? one thing. You can be that like, you're oh, giving up. no yeah. Jolly Ranchers. It's yeah. like, oh, congratulations, dude. Hope you don't win a contest in third grade <laughs> and have to <laughs> succumb to the temptation, you know? But with Greeks, they just tell you no meat, no dairy. And then they also do this thing where they're like, you can only drink wine on weekends. But a lot of that stuff's antiquated, you know? It's right. like, I'm not drinking wine. I mean, I might drink wine, but. You know, it's not exactly giving something somebody was like, You can't drink wine, I'm like, No. <laughs> For forty days I can't drink barefoot wine. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Terrible travesty. But uh I kind of interpret that as I will only drink twice a week and I will only smoke cigarettes when I drink. And I gotta say, within <laughs> within seven days of that I change it too. I will only drink Whenever I feel like it. (laughs) (laughs) And I will smoke cigarettes more often than that. And uh, so that didn't work out. But I really did stick to the no meat, no dairy thing. And I even did the whole thing where it was like uh, uh, I read this on one website and I've never heard this before, but they were like, oh, yeah, but also you're not supposed to eat at all from the start until three days later. Isn't
0: that like that's Ramadan?
1: Yeah, I, I, a, I don't know what website it's I was not Greek on. I Easter. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the ISIS website. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was reading. <laughs> I just took from it that you know, I just like tried to find things because like the the problem is is like I I'm not gonna lie, I kind of got jealous of Muslims and Ramadan. Mm. I was kind of jealous because I was Ramadan like,
0: Ramadan was big on social media this year. It was
1: big. Nobody really goes. Nobody really brags Ramadan about
0: like snuck into the algorithm. It, I don't know why.
1: Yeah. Well, they have a cooler. It just sounds more religious. It does sound. nice. They're like, we don't eat from sun up to sun down. And whenever there's a sun up, sun down thing involved, it immediately is like, whoa. that's serious. This is spiritual. <laughs> they <Yeah>. are legit. <laughs> <laughs> this is legit. <laughs> And so I was very jealous of that. And I was imagining myself talking to a Muslim person, you know, <laughs> describing, describing my fast.
0: Just imagining. It. Just imagining. <laughs> I was daydreaming. Fred
1: Armisen, grapes, and speaking to a Muslim person. And I was just imagining just being like, yeah, man, how's your fast going? It's like, oh, I haven't eaten or drank anything in 12 hours. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I didn't have an omelet this morning. It's like, that's weak that's weak as fuck so i was like i'm gonna do like the real thing which is the fake thing that i read on a website Mm -hmm. that sounds realer sounds realer and so i didn't eat for not even ironically 69 hours
0: throughout the whole no no no, i just
1: for 69 straight hours from from so you did
0: like a a three-day fast or something yeah 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 and how much of it were you sleeping
1: uh say about eight hours a night okay you know and i didn't even feel it really until the so i didn't eat from monday morning to wednesday night
0: were you depressed was that
1: no dude i was it was the happiest i've ever been dude you first of all you'd be amazed at the amount of productivity you can you know you you could probably take this into account you got a lot of things on your plate when you're not eating you get a lot of stuff done a lot of your day is taken up by eating thinking about cooking
0: cleaning cooking
1: how much time did i spend today just thinking about what i was gonna eat and the actual eating took like seven and a half minutes Mm -hmm. but i spent at least an hour being like do i want vietnamese do i want thai do i want a sandwich and then it was just like oh wait when i was fasting i was like i don't want any of that i mean i want all that shit (laughs) (laughs) but i'm not getting any of that shit I read it on that one website. So let me start a fucking Facebook argument instead. Let me fucking yell at somebody on Instagram and get us canceled. (laughs) That was, of course, during my fast, I believe. That was during your fast? That makes so much sense.
3: Holy shit. You think I normally have the time
1: to type out that many paragraphs?
0: No, you're right. You're right. Eight paragraphs in, I should have been like, oh, "I bet Jimmy hasn't eaten anything today." <laughs> little he needs a
1: Snickers. Cranky. Yeah. he is not him when he's hungry. <laughs> oh my
0: god, that's hilarious.
1: No, dude, it's pretty cool. But I really did, I really did think that um, when I, when we got back to it, like it was gonna be like I was gonna eat lamb. I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah, I like, you, I was gonna, you were like, gonna have like a senzu be calm in reaction. my pants or something. Like, I was, yeah. oh, sorry, I, uh, first time I ate meat in forty days. Like, you know, it was just I ate it and it was just like, okay. It wasn't really like any more yeah. like toothsome or anything like that, or like not not even close to more toothsome. Okay. It's just a great word that the Glazers like. Oh yeah, is that a family <laughs> word? Did they pass <laughs> that down? Tootsome. to That's
0: in our family word of the day calendar. Is that
1: every Glazer's first word <laughs> <laughs> when you guys are born? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: toothsome.
1: Every family has their word, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my That's family's ours. word is uh, I don't know what my family's word is. It's a mispronunciation. Oh, our family's word is argument. Argument, <laughs> yeah. Not argument. Argument.
0: Yeah. Argument. Which I didn't realize you said it that way until like three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I've known I've known Jimmy for I don't even know how long. Uh, since 20 we were some eleven years? Yeah. Twenty or no, not twenty. Nineteen years. Nineteen I guess. years. Yeah. Just realized he did argument
1: with the soft G. Our friendship is a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. And just dropped out, and mm-hmm. just dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> now you finished college, I presume. I did. And what was your What was your degree?
3: Uh, it was electronic media and film. Oh yeah, EMF. How uh, yep. oh, could I forget that Good old acronym? EMF.
1: Now, did you do any? Um, Like when you were working at TMD, you also I'm you were like on the air a little bit too, right? Yeah. You did some talking, some speaking.
3: I did all kinds of shows. I filled in, you know, the morning show, midday, whatever. And then I had a I had my own show stuck in the jam. Nice. And super jam. um, You know, played jam band type music, played a lot of fish. Yeah, you're a big fish. To go back to the lighting and where everything started fish was one of my kind of like big inspirations so their uh their lighting designer chris Carota, i always thought like their shows were incredible and like that the production and the lighting brought so much to the whole experience yeah especially if you're on acid and stuff you know it's <laughs> absolutely. like absolutely
1: absolutely
0: you yeah. know also the songs are going for like 20 minutes you're gonna start noticing some of the other things yeah. going on yeah like, oh, know, the lights are pretty around. cool know, yeah. yeah. yeah,
3: but it was like, I, I noticed other productions, and so I'll throw another band out here so you know I'm not just talking hippie drug band music. uh uh-uh. Uh Tool. I saw Tool, Tool at mm. Bonnaroo, and I was like, dude, first off, the musicianship is incredible. Those guys are so good. Yeah. And the production. I was going to
1: say, I could see a production-minded guy really liking Tool oh, because yeah. they are like... Are they the original... I don't know what math rock is. I just know what it isn't. And Tool is not not math rock.
3: They are not not math rock. I don't know if they're the original math rock. Um, Tool is just like extremely technical. Mm -hmm. And their their writing and, and the songs are extremely complicated and complex. But they nail every single part of it. Yeah. Um, And and doing that live is just incredible. So,
1: as a music, as a guy who's a fan of music, do you feel like there's too many genres? Do you think we get over specific? That's a very big pet peeve of mine. Who
3: cares about a genre? I I, I don't. I don't want to hear about genres. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, the coolest things that I'm into these days don't have a genre. So look at we were talking about Daniel Donato. Who's playing Hot August Music Festival, August 19th at Oregon Ridge? <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, we uh, seamless. So, yeah. perfect. <laughs> so, we, uh, Robbie and I were at a show at Union Craft and it was Daniel Donato opening. And we saw him play and we we're like, what did we just see? Like, these guys are playing country twangy music, but then they're jamming and they're also playing bluegrass. And then they throw these like funny covers in there. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Man, these guys were phenomenal. So we called their agent the next day and booked them. But, you know, that's a perfect example of one of these artists that it there is no genre. Are they mm-hmm. country? Are they this? And it, it doesn't matter. They're just they're doing something cool and fresh and something that I haven't heard before. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's like what I think the festival, again, kind of brings to uh, the area is something fresh, something new, something you haven't heard before and something that, you know, is going to be. Awesome.
1: Totally. And I feel like, just in general, music, because my brother makes like, um, I guess, hip hop ish music. And uh, I would say, like, I always considered my band indie, but I considered my band indie because there's no money in it. Because there's no, no money in it. I was like, I don't make any money. <laughs> we must be indie. We must be indie. <laughs> We're,
0: broke as- We're not signed.
1: I'm a white guy. I play guitar. <laughs> I'm indie. And then I realized indie doesn't just mean independent. Indie has become its own sound. And I don't know, I almost feel like the sound of indie doesn't really, I I guess what I'm getting at is like, All the genres seem to be melding together in a weird way. Like if you listen to hip hop now, there's so many elements, especially of like the early two thousands pop punk in there. Oh yeah, like there's a lot of emo in it now. Yeah, there's like yeah, there's a lot of songs that you're like, dude, this could easily be a Blink one eighty two song, but it's like a beat instead of a you know a riff or something like that.
3: I mean, well, you see so many of those artists like collaborating and, and these different collaborations and stuff, and you know, hip hop that stuff. Everything started with, you know, roots music. yeah and and everything kind of based on that. you know, the the theory of music and uh, time signatures and things like that, like that stuff doesn't change. It's never changed. Yeah. Um, so all the genres that we have today, we're really all drawing from the same kind of blues, roots. Uh, genres they just kind of all took it different ways but they all started in the same place
1: and it is interesting just to think about like you know um country music particularly a lot of people have this um aversion to country music and i i think that it's it's particularly uh present Um, probably, obviously there's a lot of people that just like, you know, if you're, if you're a hip hop guy, you're just like, dude, the big thing thing on Facebook, people will always say back in the day on the Facebook days would be like, you know, when they had like your musical preferences and stuff, you know, Instagram doesn't really do that. They don't really, Mm -mm. social media has kind of gone like MySpace is literally like completely customizable and like every little thing. And then Facebook was like, kind of like what LinkedIn is now. Yeah. Like when I look at a person's LinkedIn page now, it reminds me of 2008 Facebook, you know, just the way it's kind of lined out and you're just like, blah, 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 musical preferences, you know? And it's like a lot of people would just be like, anything but country, anything but country. And you're just kind of like, you know, so much of, I, I also feel like that's probably present a lot with the, the bluegrass people as well. I would imagine that because they're looking at country as, the, you know, the pop country. And they're going like, this isn't real country, you know, and I can see that. But at the same time, you know, as a person who's performing out, country is one of the more fun pop country, like popular country is one of the the more fun genres to perform because it's one of the few very popular genres that still heavily employ real instruments in a lot of ways. You know, live drums real guitars and things like that you know you don't see that a lot in in modern pop music but i feel like that's kind of coming back for the longest time like you know when wrecker changed to the torrent lounge for a while they're seen in in the early 2010s or the 2010s as a whole there seemed to be this kind of move to like everybody yeah edm you know not emf edm dubstep Oh, yeah. And like everybody was real into that. And where they have those, everybody would post it, Dub Nation stuff like that. Everybody had their or like picture. Like raves and shit. Oh, yeah. 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 Stuff like that. And it was like this big thing. And it was kind of like, you know, I've imagined for a lot of like bands, it was like, well, what do we do now? Like, what do we do? Yeah.
3: It's tough that the, the like bass music explosion just kind of took over everything. Mm-hmm. But I, I think you saw bands kind of adapt and you saw bands like, Lotus and the Disco Biscuits and, you know, Pretty Lights and and people like that, that, okay, you know, Pretty Lights is a great example because he was just kind of a, a DJ and, and really just producer making electronic music. And he really just built a band around it and incorporated everything. Yeah. So I think you started to see stuff like that uh, where bands were like, all right, well, how do we play this kind of music mm-hmm. um and so you start seeing the the band instrumentation with uh you know electronic type music which yeah. is cool
1: and it's also it, it's emblematic of just how you know you watch the evolution through time of how that stuff always work you know when you really sit down and you think like you know if you really consider like oh my darling oh my darling oh my darling clementine you're like dude that was like i guess like the number one hit of like 1901 or something, Iconic. or yeah. 1852 or something like that. Like, first of all, it's kind of crazy to think that like back in the, before recorded music, they just had like certain jingles. They were like, this song fucking rocks. I think the oldest song, the oldest written song that we actually have evidence of, uh, is Green Sleeves. Mm-hmm. Green sleeves, was the... mm-hmm. it's a good song. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Um and then of course the number one song I would say of all time uh that influenced basically the entire chord structure, melodic structure of so much of modern American pop or just western pop in general is pa- Pachelbel's Canon, dude. And you just see how all that stuff evolves and you kind of trace back the roots of bluegrass and country to like some you know the guy the pioneers or whatever you know if they're just like playing on their chariots and st- or not chariots i'm thinking of i'm thinking of ancient rome yeah chariots. the coliseum yeah
0: they're gold panning down there
3: <laughs> there's gold in the mayor i don't think there was any bluegrass there. no
1: bluegrass in ancient rome you know a lot of loots a lot of liars um that's why i like the Renfest. you know Cause I see those guys at Renaissance Fest playing like some ancient instrument and I'm not going to lie. There is a part of me that's like, dude, you are so good at that lute. Just imagine if you played a real instrument. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if you took it down from 17 and a half strings to six and just saw what happened, you know, but like people are really into that dude. Sometimes I'll accidentally run across like some weird, like, uh, They'll be like it'll be like pumped up kicks by faucet people done in like old English style, yeah, in old English, and you're like, wow, this sounds kind of dope, you know. But just seeing how all the music evolves and stuff like that, and noticing that really music kind of, um, probably wasn't ever supposed to have genres in the first place because I think so much of genres, if if I'm thinking about it. Um, comes from just melding different cultures so like in greece for instance um they had different time signatures like the zebeko which is like a nine eight time. it's also interesting to look into just how you know which is a guy that likes tool or something like that like they do a lot of experimenting with um those kind of like strange time signatures you know and what i think is super cool is when a band like a pop band is able to to make a song in a strange time signature but make it so pop friendly that you don't even notice yeah. um Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls that's in 3 now 3 is obviously the second most popular time signature besides 4 but it's not immediate you kind of if you're not listening you're like one two three pop and I don't want the world to see me but it wouldn't hit you as a waltz right and then you think of um freaking you know obviously Rush did that a lot limelight is in like yeah seven at some points. Salisbury Hill, Peter Gabriel.
2: Climbing up on Salisbury Hill. Boom, boom,
1: boom, boom. I can see the... And it's like, I think it's cool when you tell people. You're like, dude, did you know? Like, count it out with me. And it's like, that's real talent because I think that it's so, it's easy. I always said this and I'm about to say it again. It's easy to be different. It's not hard to be different. I could get naked right now, run out in the middle of the road, and get a lot of attention. Why? Because it would be different. What takes real skill or talent is to be unique but do it in a way that's, A, like authentic to you, But also, if you can take your unique approach to still making something pop-friendly, instead of having that thing... I always hated that pop music in general has this negative connotation. If you say, like, oh, that's pop. It's like, well, what's wrong with pop? It's popular. Sometimes things are popular because they're good. you know. And if you're just one of those people that's like, oh, that band got too big. I don't like it anymore. It's like, why? Because you wanted to be the only... What, did you write the fucking song? No. So you've, you've put your entire fucking identity into this band to make yourself unique and then once other people liked it then you realize that you've lost your unique identity you know i'm kind of coming off as a maniac right now but it's like (laughs) it's true though it's true it's like just because something's like just because country has incorporated elements of pop music and hip-hop does not mean it's not real country it's just called the evolution what do you want hank williams senior you're
3: cheating hard
1: yeah that song's good yeah but you can't be you want to record into a fucking Campbell
3: soup can now. Well, and that that, you know, you bring up the Campbell soup can. That that plays I knew such that was a role. Be the thing. This plays <laughs> such a role into it. So technology and, and options. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day you didn't have so many options. So a lot of things sounded alike, and it was easy to put them in these these categories mm-hmm. because they all kind of sounded similar because those were the only options you had. Yeah nowadays People are making music with the, the craziest things a- and they sound different and weird and electronic and this and that. And and it's unimaginable, like the, the possibilities of, of sounds yeah. that yeah. people
0: use. There's a, have you heard of Fred is Dead? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> His, the way he'll just like use phone recordings and just like random clips of like a night out and add in like taxi cabs going by and then just to make yeah. like an EDM hit is crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why the other flip side of that argument is people that kind of argue that like, oh, if it's not with real instruments, it's not real music. It's like, that's stupid too, dude. Because it's like, now we have the technology to create like synthesizers. Well, we've had that technology, but like the ability to not just create different melodies and different like chord progressions and arrangements, but also the ability to create entirely different soundscapes and things like that. Dude, I'm going to get real deep
3: on you right now. Uh Uh-oh. All music is just vibration of the air yes Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite quotes of all time from the man himself i kind of wish it was unknown because quotes by unknown are the best but this we know is einstein and he said trying to explain the complexity of the universe through math and science is like trying to explain uh the beauty of a symphony by simply explaining the vibrations of, you know, how stuff is working. It's like, yep. there's this, like, it is kind of weird. I was talking about that with one of my bandmates, Joe, that, like, all the things that we perceive of as, like, in tune, out of tune, harmony versus dissonance. Like, when you think of, like, the fifth above a, a you know, the tonic or whatever, mm-hmm. it's, it's literally just a mathematically symmetrical vibration that your ear perceives as like uh because it lines up vibrationally, you perceive that as like beautiful or whatever. Yep. Which is so strange. And it's so strange that like music there's two things that have always like kind of bogged my mind and, and obviously the thing obviously music like we're talking about. Just the idea that like certain sounds and just can convey emotions that are kind of indescribable. And if you've ever been in a situation where you're writing a song and a lot of times when uh, I think for some people, depending on how your approach is, you either approach it by writing the lyrics first, then you write a melody to it. Um, I think probably it depends like if that if you're like a lyricist, primarily a vocalist, that might be the way you do it. Right. I feel like for most musicians it's reverse. I think a lot of musicians are just kind of like coming up with these melodies, these chord progressions, these kind of ideas, you know, they're playing a song, they're just kind of mumbling bah,
2: bah, 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 bah,
1: bah, and there's like random words that yeah. don't but it's like if you really get into the creative process, I always describe it to them. I'm like, dude, it's kind of like you're almost, it's not like you're writing the lyrics, it's like you're kind of f- figuring out what the like you're you're f- discovering you're the lyrics. Translating yeah. what the
3: sound feels like. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's such a, a strange thing to kind of conceptualize that like when you are playing a song, you know, somebody will show me like like Joe will write a song and he'll show me a demo or something. And then we'll both be sitting there trying to come up with lyrical ideas. And we'll both, he'll, he'll be like, well, like, what do you like, what is even your concept here? Like, what are you picturing? And I'm like, I don't know, dude, I'm kind of picturing like a, like I'm sitting on like the roof of like, like one of those like downtown rooftop things in the city. And like, I'm watching like the end of a sunny day, you know, how, like it's like a real sunny day. And then like during the summer, there'll just randomly be like a 30 minute thunderstorm just out of nowhere. And I'm just picturing being like the roof of a deck. And like everything's coming in and like at storm hits, he's like, dude, that's exactly like where I like what I was. It's, it's such a it's like, but that was all conveyed just through the just through the music itself. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is really interesting to kind of know is like I would say humor is another thing that's kind of like interesting in that thing, because it's one of those reactions. One of the few reactions, laughter, it's like this uncontrollable yeah, involuntary involuntary is a better word like just kind of like visceral thing you have when something is funny but if you ever really tried to hone in on like what is funny what makes something funny you're like you can try to m- explain it a little bit you can be like uh i guess like if somebody like says this and then you say but like you can't So i call it a sense of humor you have a sense of humor but it's hard you can't
3: it's like how do you how, how do you describe funny without saying funny <laughs> exactly. It's just funny, it's, yeah. you
1: know, and it's like, for A, why um, do we, why of all the different responses that we could have as human beings um, is laughter one of those? you have crying, right? That's another kind of thing you can't control unless you're a fucking man. And then you have laughter, you know? And I think that on some level, it's probably this thing that we learn because we are social beings that, evolution through the time we kind of just like it's kind of like a way of saying like um uh, we're on the same page yeah like like when you're laughing when everybody's laughing it's like in that moment you know that even in that exact instance it's like kind of like a checkpoint to be like okay we're all on the same page now because we all experience that thing in the same way you know and we saw the humor or something like that Yeah. but again it's like those little things like music are so indescribable. And I think that's why so many people gravitate to things like music. I think that's why, you know, they say that uh, all art aspires to music. Um, I think uh, I think most musicians wish they were comedians. <laughs> I think that there's like a, I think there's always a little, the grass is greener syndrome on everything. The only thing, as we've discussed before, like um, with music is like, it's one of the few things that you can just kind of do in the background and have it still be there you know like you you can create a vibe with music with comedy it's like you require an attentive audience you need yeah. people to be listening yeah. but with music it's just kind of there and it's like even if you're not paying attention it just fills everybody and puts you and it's such a thing i always say the two things music and lighting when i walk into a fucking place like a bar And the lighting is weird. Like, it's too bright. like, what am I at? A fucking nine-to-five office job right now? It's a bar. Dim it down, dog. You know? And it creates such a vibe. You can, like, if you're working in a bar, and, like, the second you kind of dim the lights down, it is the equivalent of putting music on. You ever, like, when you walk into a bar, there's no music, or, like, you walk into, like, a takeout place. Like, weird. And you're like, I can... Or, like, an elevator. Yeah. An elevator. It's too quiet. Great example. It's just different ways of, like... Bringing everybody to the same level. And lighting really is one of those things, dude. I mean, it was God's favorite thing. It was the first thing he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let there be light, baby. There you go. And then I don't know and what it Then brought in the baby powder. Brought in the baby powder. <laughs> Let there be baby Let powder. Let there be haze. He was like, if I want baby powder first, I got to create babies. <laughs> we'll get to the powder second. <laughs> no, man, that's really sweet. It honestly is. And I'm going to personally, I'm assuming this festival is not sold out.
3: It is not, not yet.
1: Thank the Lord. Hell yeah. tickets
3: are moving fast. But you know, we have a big, a uh, big space, so we're going to have a big party out there. It's going to be a great time. That'll yeah, be cool. It.
1: I might even get a tent. Ooh, I'm probably won't. cool. I'm probably going okay. to get a tent. But <laughs> the tents you already big... have one. Or? No, 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 no. I think I have one. The t- a tent and a sleeping bag are things that I think I have. But th- that just means they're things that are probably at my parents' house. Mm. You know. I'm assuming at a certain age, uh, when all your possessions are in your own house, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. But until then, it's like there are things that I definitely have. They exist. They exist somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. I just don't know if they're technically mine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: your parents got squatters' rights on the tent. Yeah, dude. I
1: mean, they, to be fair, they did buy it. You know?
0: Yeah, very fair. <laughs> I always thought
1: that was weird when people would be like, Oh, my mom owes me money. I'm like, does she owe you money? <laughs> no. Nah. Your mom owes you really? money.
3: <laughs> she owes you.
1: Let's break out let's break out the, the fucking finances here. <laughs> let's see who owes who right now. Let's see. Birth.
3: Forty thousand. <laughs>
1: That's a big deduction. That's a dude. big one. <laughs> That's a big one, dude. That's a write off. How did tax season go for you, man? You getting audited?
3: Uh, no, no, I'm good, man. You sure? Yeah. I do my own taxes. Me that's too. how I know I'm good. That's how I know I. Yeah, that's, not how <laughs> <laughs> that's how I know I'm not good. <laughs> no, you gotta gotta pay your taxes. The only two things that are certain in life are death and taxes, my friend. That's
1: true. Who said that? That's another great one. Unknown. 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 <laughs> Unknown. Coming in is the number one quote of all time. Yeah, dude, sucks. I did my girlfriend's taxes yesterday, and mm. uh,
0: did she do anything nice for you? Because I I saw my brother and mom over the weekend because uh, they dropped off a wheelbarrow at my house. Mm-hmm. So I like started, obviously I bought the house and, you know, started to do some landscaping and yard work. Look but at you, buddy. Alex All came right. by and was like, oh, yeah, I was over at mom and dad's house washing their cars because mom did my taxes. <laughs> I was like, honestly, it's a fair trade off.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I kind of cashed my points in. For just like get out of any argument free for the next three days there you go like if i could get like a gift card is that how
0: free you free. got off the phone so quick yeah, yeah
1: kind of kind of it's like it's kind of hard when somebody does your taxes to be like i can't believe you said that i'm like i can't believe I you just only made taxes. this much money last I year i can't <laughs> believe you consider that a qualifiable deduction <laughs> <laughs> it really puts you in a a state of mind dude that's a very vulnerable position dude i would hate if somebody else is doing my taxes because some of the stuff i was writing off was questionable
3: (laughs) let's say questionable Questionable at best
1: questionable and that's not that's not an incriminating statement irs It's just you know everything's questionable sure are Mm -hmm. cigarettes you have the answer deductible do i buy them for the studio where i conduct business Do you smoke them at your shows? Yes. Do I smoke them at my shows? Do I do free Camel Crush giveaways at my shows? (laughs) Yes, I do. I absolutely do. (laughs) And therefore, that is a business expense. There you go. Do I offer people cigarettes as a way of securing business deals? Not yet.
3: Mm. But that's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) For next year, yeah. For next year.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna ramp up. I was just surprised it wasn't already in TurboTax as its own category. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, that's crazy, man. It is. So you, so you legit just do them yourself. No accountant. I feel like with you're running
3: all that stuff, it's like, how are you doing that? It gets tricky. Um, but are yeah. you like TurboTax and all keep that? Track of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So you know. I'm I run the LLC for my lighting business just through my, you know, my own taxes and stuff, and I have my wife and kids, and I file everything and just get her done. Wow! L- luckily, you know, that's working in finance, I am able that's to the cable keep, keep yeah. it together. <laughs> that is his,
1: that's what his motto was about: Yeah. get her done, <laughs> pay your taxes. <laughs> yeah. That's very admiral, dude. You know, I think that at this point in your life, obviously, you are a a legitimate businessman, a tycoon.
3: I don't know if I've earned tycoon. Not I do, yet. I do own two businesses. You're one top
1: hat away from a tycoon. Dude. Is that, yeah.
3: is that to that's a qualifier? That's definitely maybe a monocle.
1: A monocle. Okay,
3: I could rock or. that for sure. Okay. Yeah. Tycoon. I
1: mean, what what is a tycoon? I mean, like if you're not.
3: What the fuck?
1: Did she just say that's what I thought? Yeah.
3: <laughs> That's what I thought.
1: Siri everyone was thought scared that of a tycoon too. Everyone was okay, scared of AI taking over the world, and in reality, they just programmed AI to be a fucking bitch, dude. Leave me alone. <laughs> that's what There's I, that's yes, what I fucking thought. You're talking about that's what you thought. Of course, that's what you thought. You are artificial intelligence. Jeez, Louise. But yeah, man, it's like you're running a festival, you're running a lighting company. How many businesses does a man need to run before he can start referring to himself as a goddamn tycoon? You already pronounce Oregon like Oregon. That's a major step.
3: That's true. That's true. That's a
1: major step.
3: I think I just decided that and I think I think I got to been thinking about this for a while and, and but it really kind of set in with me during COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna stop waiting for things to happen. Mm. You know, like, I'm not just going to sit around at my job and just hope things get better. I'm going to go out and do something about it and make it better. And I love my job at Goucher, you know, don't Mm -hmm. get me wrong, but I want to just do more. And I wanted to do stuff with lighting and I wanted to do stuff with the festival. And so I started the lighting thing out of nowhere and I didn't know anything. I didn't know how to do lighting. I didn't know anything about it. And I... You know, found someone that I knew how to do some basic stuff. I met with them two times and they showed me th- a couple things. And the rest I just taught myself. Yeah. And I reached out to uh, Harford Sound and I just said, hey, I don't know anything. I, I know those guys, I, by the way, Steve Bosniak. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve's a great cool. guy and Evan is the man. I love this guy, Zach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, they're super cool. Yeah, I freelance and work doing lighting for them cool. uh, a lot too. But yeah, I mean, Evan gave me some of the coolest shows I've ever done. And I just hit him up out of the blue. I didn't know him at the time and I just said, "Look, I am trying to get into this. I've taught myself some stuff. If you have some work, let me know." And he gave me a couple of shots and like my third or fourth gig with him. He mm-hmm. was like, "So, uh, you want to go do Firefly?" <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, uh, yeah. That's a that's a, okay. a couple shots. You're like, "Yeah, yeah. You two shots." So, I'm, I'm I'm sitting at uh-huh. Firefly doing one of the, there's like campground stages and I was on the South stage and we have like, you know, Lewis, the child and all these other like huge names coming in and I'm, you know, running lights for him. So yeah, it was cool.
0: And shows like that, did they like pass you like a thumb drive? Like this is what we want our show to look like. Or are they just like, just give us the, the regular degular, like,
3: the so regular degular. It, it all kind of depends. Like these, these stages where they were, they were like short daytime sets so it wasn't like lewis the child's main performance like they played on the one of the main big stages um and they had their lighting guy do his whole time code thing and um you know their their lighting guy lewis the child uh he's actually another huge inspiration for me christian jackson um he does a lot of like the dubstep and electronic stuff and just the control that he has over the machines, because that's what they are. They're machines. Mm-hmm. They're little robots. The mm-hmm. lights, they're, they're just little robots that you're controlling and telling what to do. And the control that he has over the fixtures to to match the music is just incredible. Um, but, you know, Lewis the Child does their, their main stage thing and they have their whole big production. So it really varies... Uh, you know where you are, if, if they bring an LD, a lighting designer, if you're just the house guy doing it. But um, that's actually, that Firefly gig was the first time I saw Ripe, who was playing at Hot August Festival okay. now. Mm-hmm. And it had poured down rain. I didn't think we were even going to have them perform because they had shut the stages down. And then out of nowhere, they were like, all right, it's clearing, you guys can start playing And we're like, all right, well, where's the band? And they pull up and we got them up on stage in like 10 minutes, set their gear up, and we're like, all right, let's go because we don't have much time. Yeah. And they got up there and just threw down, like rocked it. And these guys were awesome, so much fun. Uh, And, you know, I always kind of remember that seeing them. And then when this festival came up, I I was kind of looking for. Bands and I was like, maybe I'll check out what Ripes do. And totally, dude.
1: And yeah. that's kind of like I, I like what you said there, where you say like I'm gonna stop waiting for things to happen. And I think that is such a major mental jump for everyone, you know, because you kind of you kind of go through life. It's you know, the the uh which I will obviously state first. Version of that is when people talk about just the idea of being an adult, you know, and how sure. you get older and you realize, you know everyone's just a grown-up kid or whatever. Um, but just understanding that, like, in reality, you don't just become an adult at a certain point. You become an adult when you start acting like an adult. right? You know, and, and, and like, one of the the biggest things that I guess my dad kind of pushed me into was I'd always said I want to be a professional musician, and I was kind of looking at, like, other random jobs that I was going to do. i have been working in restaurants for years and stuff, and then... When I got fired from my third one in a row, I was like, hmm, maybe I should get another restaurant job. (laughs) (laughs) And then when that idea was shot down, uh, the first kind of awakening was my friend Sean was like, dude, have you ever considered just not being a server? And what was crazy was like, the answer was no. The answer was legitimately no. I had never really considered just not being a server i had always kind of imagined that i was just going to be a server until i wasn't and then it kind of hit me all at once where i was like oh this is how you stop being a server you have to stop being a server and do something else and then i was going to get into uh like insurance like doing like you know yeah. obviously big insurance guy over here yeah and uh that's my dad I was like dude My dad calls me, dude, (laughs) he's like, dude, 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 not rad of you to uh, do insurance. Like if you're going to be a professional musician, you just have to be one. And so figure out where you get started on that and just start there. And then you do it. And like this, all these mental blocks pop up in your head where you're thinking like, ah, I don't know. Like, I don't want to be the guy that plays at bars. You know, I want to be the guy that's like playing matchbox 20 at bars even though that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> but it's like you put in all these mental blocks because you're trying to plan every single thing out. And if you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel from where you are there, then you just go, "Nah, that's not worth it. That's not worth it. But in reality, just like what you're talking about with your lighting thing, you, get, you, you decide, I'm going to do this. And then what's crazy about when you make a decision like that, you take that first step you have no idea what that second step is going to be like because you don't even know what the situation is going to be when you have to take that step. All these different things change. All these different variables come in differently at different times, and you're just like, oh, so now you're in a position where like now I'm doing this, and now all of a sudden this thing that I could have never foreseen before I made this decision, now I'm presented with this new opportunity. And so really the only way to do anything is just by starting. You know, which is not a crazily profound thing to say, but it is such a mental jump for people to just understand, like, when you're when you're trying to do anything. I think it was a big thing, like, obviously with music, a lot of people with acting and stuff. There's always this kind of like Hollywood mythology that like you're me working at Starbucks and then somebody's going to be like. Someone discovers you. Yeah, you get yeah. discovered. Yeah. It's like, that's not how life really works. And unfortunately, it doesn't really make for a great movie when you just truly... If you talk to most people that are successful, and you go like, so when was the moment when you would say like you made it? And they're like, I don't think there really was a moment. It's not really how that happens. No, it it's was like, the years of hard work. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> that, That's what made it.
1: You're slowly making it. And what's crazy about that gradual process is... At no point do you ever, uh, because everything becomes your new normal, even think about with COVID, how quickly things became normal. Like things, things that if you were to explain to somebody two weeks before everything shut down and we we're all going mean, to be wearing masks and stuff, that this is going to be a th- like, dude, no fucking way. Yeah. But then within two weeks, it was crazy to imagine a person walking to a place without a mask. It was like that's the new normal, you know, which was the phrase they said all the time, you know. And it's like when you're gradually progressing through life, gradually improving consistently, your threshold for what you consider to be your baseline level of success also moves up, too. So in this weird way, you never actually see the progress you've made because you're always comparing it to right now kind of the same way when you look in the mirror every day you don't go damn dude I look way older than I did yesterday but then you look at a picture of yourself at 21 years old you're like oh damn I look way different but you're looking at yourself every day you know and so you don't actually see it happening and then all of a sudden but that's the other thing you run into which is um, if you're the kind of person that has that mentality where like which you don't strike me as this type of person Um, I could be wrong about this but uh, you know the type of person is like never satisfied Never content, always feeling like they're not doing enough. Um, that like the problem with that mentality is, then you'll never be, you'll never be happy because there's always more to do.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's like that. I, I think it's just, you know, the first thing you said about just doing it, just starting it, having yeah. that confidence to say, you know what, I'm gonna give this a shot. And like you said, when I when I started out, I didn't know anything about doing lights or. or you know, running big concerts and anything like that, you know, but you got to just go out there and and try it Yeah. And, and put yourself out there and, you know, give it a shot. And maybe you're not always successful. I mean, I've tried other things and not been very successful at it. Yeah. Um, you know, but this, I, I just was like, you know what, I'm going to do this and I'm going to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And I just, like you said, took it step by step. And I didn't know what the next step was gonna be, but when I got there, then then I figured it out. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's what everybody's doing. Everybody's out there just figuring it out. You know, everybody, you know, wants to like idolize people or or put people on a pedestal, but that's just another person that at some point put their selves out there to try something new and they just happen to be successful at it. Yeah. So, you know. My advice to anyone trying to get into music or, or anything is, you know, put yourself out there and try it and, and find out, you know, whatever you want to be. You mm-hmm. wanted to be a musician. I wanted to, to do lighting. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to do that job. Yeah. Figure out who's doing that job already and hit them up and yeah. say, hey, what did you do to get here? A lot of those people, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure will, will tell you exactly how they got there. Yeah, you know, and, and you can learn a lot from people.
1: Or in our case, you could start a podcast and trick people into coming on and telling <laughs> and learn you about them how they got there. learning all their secrets, <laughs> which is really the original okay. concept of this whole <laughs> shindig. I, I see. <laughs> Thanks for the
3: advice. <laughs> 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 no, in the words of Nike, just do it, dude. Yeah, you know, you you got to put yourself out there and and try something. And you know, if if something's not successful, then don't give up either. Mm. Like you can't just sit in your job and wait for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you could just sit there forever. And you know, when do I get to the point where I'm not a server? It's when yeah. you decide that you're not a server, you have to take an action because mm-hmm. no one's going to do it for you. And I think that's kind of what I realized. And, you know, I just decided, look, if I, if I want to do something, I got to do it on my own and I just yeah. got to make an opportunity. And so I kind of did that with the lighting thing and and built this up from nothing and, and built this into, I make, decent extra yeah. money uh, uh you know i that's, could almost leave my other job from, which is um, and now yeah. you're
0: you know hot august music you know, festival then, you know to august 19th.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah dude august 19th and that's the other thing it's like you you learn you you kind of learn who you are in that process too you know because it's like i'm sure when you first had the idea of doing the lighting thing you probably didn't necessarily i mean you, you probably could have somebody was like yo what do you think about owning a festival? You might've been like, yeah, that'd be cool. But like at the time you're just thinking about the next step in front of you, which is I'm going to start this lighting business. And then you don't, uh, you you kind of, then you look back and you're like, wow, like kind of even with like with this studio, the studio is built just to like record music and stuff. Yeah. And, and then like
0: shoot our like YouTube videos. Yeah.
1: Are you, and, and, and then, and then the podcast was just like an idea we had while being in the studio. That pot, that idea would have never happened If the studio, if we didn't build the studio first for something completely different, Mm -hmm. so you kind of like find out not only who you are, but what you want, you know. Because I think you know, if if you got everything you ever wanted, you'd be married to like your kindergarten crush. You like it's kind of funny that like you think you know what you want, but you don't really know what you want, and you kind of I don't know how to describe it. It's like you start a lighting business, and now you're owning a festival, and it's like. Did you know you wanted that when you started lighting business? Probably not.
3: I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think I always I always kind of thought I wanted to do something in lighting, but I never thought I could. Yeah. I never thought like I could own a business or I could own a festival. I, mm-hmm. I just I never thought I could do that. I just thought, "Oh, you know, those are for those are festival owners that do that. I'm not that kind of person." Yeah. But Anyone can be that kind of person if you want to, if you want to make yourself that. Um, You know, like I said, just go out there and figure out how to become that thing that you want to be and work to do that and make that thing the thing that you're passionate about because that's always going to be the thing that you are going to be best at is the thing that you're most passionate about because you will always give, you know, 120% towards something that you're passionate about and that is what
1: another one of those intangible things like we talked about music we talked about humor another one of those intangible things which passion fruit kind of got away with by becoming passion fruit i didn't i don't remember voting for that but just you can sense authenticity and you can sense passion and when you go to certain things like i imagine if you go to a festival like Coachella now or bonnaroo now um there's an element where you get this sense that like yeah obviously this started as like this very authentic passion project of somebody's vision but then as money starts coming in and more people started getting involved it becomes this thing that it, it becomes it becomes bigger than the person who started it and bigger than the vision um which is kind of the critical mass that you always have to – that you always kind of have to um, walk the tightrope on. You can't let your creation become bigger than the vision. You see that a lot with food businesses that franchise out. And then all of a sudden you have 17 different locations and just all these locations, none of them have that original kind of like concept of like what you wanted in a bar or how you wanted that piece to taste when people ate it and stuff like that. And so it's like for a lot of these festivals – Um, there's such a corporate kind of canned element to it, which is kind of why I was saying earlier I've never been into them. But talking to a guy like you and talking about things like Hot August, where it's like, it's so obvious to anyone listening to this or or but even more so than that it would be obvious to anyone who went there that this was not created to be a cash cow it wasn't created to be this like you know how can i advance my it was created because it's a guy who's like this is the shit i like and this is the thing that i think is awesome and i want other people to experience that with me which is what any great thing Ultimately is, whether it's writing a song or writing a joke or making a pizza or whatever it is that you do. um, As long as you never lose touch with that, then it's beautiful, you know? Yeah. So Hot August is beautiful. (laughs) Mm-hmm. You hear it that? Is, World August is. is a little hot up little
0: hot.
3: Oregon. Ridge hot, there's year. nice, cold, tasty beers. Ooh, from brought to you by Union Brewery. Yeah, this oh.
1: podcast is brought to you by Union Brewery. <laughs> I, I actually saw the the, uh,
0: the sign up on Union facing 83 the other the day building? for the festival. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Oh, for uh for hot August. Yeah, nice, yeah. nice.
0: Already promoing it. Good yeah. to see. Yeah, man, but, uh, it's going to
3: be a really fun time. You know, it, it, it always is. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, the vibe is one of the coolest things about this festival because, like I said, there's not that corporate vibe. Yeah. It's super chill and mellow, and, um, you know, everybody's just enjoying themselves. We don't have problems or, you know, we don't have to kick people out, you know, generally. Um, it's, it's it's a really fun time.
1: Is weed going to be legal by the time this starts? I, I believe think it is, so. yeah you guys gonna have a weed vendor have you thought about that
3: so we've had cannabis sponsors in the past and we will this year Chessicana um, wellness is going to come back and, and be a sponsor of ours again this year um, but I don't I don't know I don't know nobody knows what the legislation is um, yeah we haven't seen what the laws are you know there's they're, they're kind of still figuring that stuff out so I don't know I imagine it's gonna be tricky because Oregon Ridge is county property, <laughs> so mm. I don't know, uh, you know, how that plays into it um, or what the legislation is going to say anyway. I don't know if, if um, you know, cannabis vendors can do pop-up stands like that. You know, I don't know. So we'll just, mm. we'll have to see. But, um, you know, we, we've always been friendly to them and they, they're friendly to us. And we're happy I always to assumed
1: more. as long as you call yourself a cannabis that uh, you can kind of get away with a lot because it just sounds... Sounds professional. Sounds friendly. It it sounds sounds like, medical. Not
3: like that dirty yeah. weed. Weed. Mm-hmm. weed. He's smoking that weed.
1: <laughs> yeah, cannabis. Uh, I, I, He's a cannabis He's cannabis.
3: cannabis. It's
1: like, wow, well, this can't be anything wrong with that. <laughs> He's using the scientific name for crying out loud. Yeah, that's going to be a crazy thing to imagine, you know, when we're like, uh, I don't know about this year at Hot August, uh, but, you know, down the line, just weed, just being like, you know, you walk up to the beer vent. I, I don't even like weed. I'm just looking yeah. forward to what I'm just looking forward I'm just to everyone forward else. To
0: going to like a concert and being like,
1: nine dollars, nine, $9 dollars for a bong rip. She's <laughs> <Jeez> Louise. <laughs> weed is getting out of hand. Oh, obviously, they're going to be marking it up. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't imagine when they finally legalize acid. And then you can really put on these fish concerts, and you just got like an acid vendor. Mm. I mean, be... they already
0: have those at fish concerts.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's a guy named uh, I forgot his name. It's like one guy. <laughs> Sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> it's walking around. Chaz, Chaz, maybe.
0: Chaz. <laughs> it sounds like a good name for that. Definitely
1: a guy. Yeah, I don't know if, if he's know. got his paperwork filed though. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little uh, holographic ghost of Jerry Garcia.
3: Maybe. Hmm. Yeah. Who knows? You know, that's another thing that that is cool about Hot August Festival that's happened in the past a lot is there's a lot of uh, sit-ins and, you know, people sitting in with different bands. Yeah. So who knows what kind of crazy stuff will happen? I don't know.
1: I first see see John Mayer coming to Hot August one day.
3: Hmm.
1: I don't know why. It would be fucking cool.
3: He uh he's in a band right now, Dead and Company, with O'Teal, who's gonna be at, at Hot August. Mm, so maybe O'Teal mm, call him up, be like, Hey, Johnny Mayer. Johnny Mayer, you, come on down to Hot August. You wanna
0: check out Hunt Valley, the Hunt Valley region?
1: He wants to come to Hunt Valley, dude. And he wants to. There's
0: a Wegmans there.
3: He's John Mayer's down with the kids.
1: I don't know if he ever really has come to Baltimore, honestly. I think most artists kind of like to just skip right over us, you know? Yeah, go, to D.C. go to DC. We are inconveniently close to D.C. where artists are like, why, why? I'm going to just go to D.C. Because anybody in Baltimore, including myself, if it's a guy I really want to see, I'm like, A, I'll go there, and B, I don't really go there that often, so it would be a nice excuse to go to D.C., you know? It's crazy how close we are to D.C., and just I know nothing about that city.
3: Yeah, I'm not a big D.C. guy. I don't know much about D.C. I mean, I I know some of the cool venues and have been there, but... Mm -hmm. I'm not a city guy, I don't think. Really? Yeah, I'm more of a, you know, mountains guy. I just recently went to uh, Charlestown, West Virginia.
1: Mm. Ooh. So racism slots. Killer,
3: killer trip.
1: Man. I thought you said racism slots. <laughs> yeah, that Racism slots. Racist
3: slots and racism slots.
1: I got three Jews. Oh, no.
0: Oh, <laughs> <Well>, that's
3: good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Jackpot! Jack
1: <laughs> <laughs> Charlestown! racism slides. Gotta love it. Yeah, I don't know why, man. I was... Uh, when we were talking just now, there was a little fucking hocus-pocus talking in the back of my mind that was like, John Mayer's gonna be there one day. And it mm. just went straight through my brain. No filter. Came out. Right into that the mic. the universe. Yeah. And I could see it, dude. He plays blues and he is, again, much like weed, I'm not a huge John Mayer guy either. So this is not a biased opinion. Yeah. At all. I just could see him playing hot august dude and making one of those very self-indulgent instagram posts right afterwards like this is such an awakening experience to be here at oregon ridge park and play in front of all of you i could see that
3: you know all right i'll I'll work on it yeah just you know whatever you gotta do for next year you know for next
1: i'm trying to build this up too much
3: but yeah I think uh
0: I think we've we've done a little over an hour. We can uh um, much start more wrapping than things hour. up. If you wanna like, run through the the promo one more time.
2: Yeah.
1: At bug W B U G Glazer. B U G
3: radio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, all you out there in radio land.
0: Did you put on a voice? Did you put on, W-T-MD? on the voice No. I feel like I I listened to a couple times when you're on the air, like my I, parents' cars. Actually,
3: I lied. There was there was one time, <laughs> there was one time I put on a voice. I my stuck in the jam show. Mm. It happened to fall on Halloween, mm, so, so I spooky. I did this show as Count Bugula. Oh, I, did, I love that! Ooh, welcome to stuck in the jam. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. I love that. Count Bagula. <laughs> so that was my Halloween show, and I did a voice for that. But that was it. I think there's Damn. some Romanian guy we got to do <laughs> some
0: <laughs> Halloween shows on this podcast. Oh, right? yeah.
3: We've
1: gotten a little Halloween-y in the yeah. past. I think we have our screen masks over there. Just we, waiting uh, for Halloween.
3: I don't know what kind of weenies have been going on in here. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's a more, couple different, yeah. More than is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Just look at the ceiling. There's some oh, weenie
1: God. marks up there. Oh, jeez. Oh my god, Count Bugula himself, the host of the Hot Hot August hot Festival, August
3: music festival. What's the website? Uh it's hotaugustmusicfestival.com. You can get your tickets on there. Um they're the early bird ticket rate right now, so they get uh more expensive as we get closer to the festival. So you might as well grab them now cuz mm-hmm. you know you're not going to want to miss this lineup. It is stacked. We are super psyched. We have uh Little Feet headlining. O'Teal and Friends. So, O'Teal, you know, playing a lot of Allman Brothers and Grateful Dead stuff. Lord He's got I'm a killer band uh, with him Steve Kimmock, Dwayne Betts, uh, Jason Crosby. So, Crosby stills Nash? Oh, Crosby. it's uh, his son, Jason Crosby. Okay, dope, dope. John, John Kimmock, John Mayer. Mayer. John Mayer. Future. Uh, Ripe is on there. Right. They're super Feels cool. Like Uh, there you go see obviously the song's catchy it's catchy as fuck dude daniel donato's cosmic country do not miss that set those guys are absolutely killer uh chris jacobs giving some you know baltimore love he's a good bud happy to have him back okay uh karina reichman super cool she's a chick bass player nice super kind of weird band but a lot of fun uh sunny war we got natalie brooke in the infinity tribe Love so it. so that's a cool band they're playing earlier in the day but you don't want to miss them uh gator from pigeons playing ping pong is in that band nice. uh, a couple other local guys here from from baltimore so super cool and then jonathan sloan trio also on the lineup rounding it out so killer music all day long literally from the beginning acts jonathan sloan trio is a Group out of D.C., you know, killer kind of rock and bluesy act. Natalie Brooke, you know, she's getting the nickname or, or uh, uh, the I chick guess name. Her, her chick name as Synth Mama. <laughs> oh. She plays this cool synth and kitar. The kitar, yes. She crushes it, man, so... Uh, that band is is awesome, you know, and those guys are playing earlier in the day, but still absolutely killer. I love it, too. One more time, the website? HotAugustMusicFestival.com. Dot com. Tickets on sale now. Kids under 12. 12 and under are free, so bring out the family. Uh, it's family friendly. Have a good time. Union Craft Beer out there. We'll have tons of great food vendors, uh, a bunch of craft vendors and tie-dye t-shirts and all that hippie stuff and love it i'm assuming yeah. these shirts are for pur- purchase yeah so uh, we uh, we just this one is like the prototype i literally have three shirts that's it and this is one of them so i, I don't know it. does it look cool should we I get looks it? cool looks dude all right i, I look, love the new logo then we'll rock
1: it looked so cool that i didn't even know that you were wearing your own shirt and that's a good mm-hmm. that's cool. that's a very high compliment cool. Cool. i think because that's normally cool. when somebody's wearing their own merch you're like That's the first thing you notice. You're like, nice shirt, bro. Where'd you get it? You. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a sick shirt. Here you go. I might have the rock. uh, Multi-tonal blue. Yeah. Gotta love that.
3: I'll get you one. The next run, when I print some more, I'll bring one. Nice.
1: I want mine as like a vampire cape, kind of. Like a little Count (laughs) Bugula spin. (laughs) Count (laughs) Bugula. We'll get you a custom. custom Thank you. Custom Hot August, dude. Here with Ryan
3: the Bug.
1: Glazer. Uh, Eric's cousin. Hell yeah! And uh, I guess that technically makes you my cousin in law. So congratulations, yeah, dude! It's yeah, yeah, stuff. We're, we're all family. <laughs> <laughs> married, <laughs> married to the game. Exactly. And on that note, folks, uh, where can people find find you specifically on social media?
3: Uh, just Ryan Glazer Look me up Second Encore Productions Is my uh, production company And lighting company uh, My partner Robbie Cooper You can find him Old Line Audio mm-hmm. uh, Check us out We're doing all kinds of cool stuff And we're really excited For Hot August Music Festival this year And I want to thank you guys For having me on Absolutely hey, Thank You can also was a, a super fun time and You just can also cool find Robbie
1: Nestled up in bed Because he is a little sick As I hear Yeah, yeah. So get better soon is that the thing people say? get well soon get well get well, get well soon you don't have to get, get well be you better don't, you don't have to get <laughs> be better better I just want you to get back to normal dude. you're sick and we're like why aren't you better than you were before? <laughs> get better soon Robbie that's really cool dude um Eric, any plugs this this go around um
0: just add Eric Glazer on everything uh we're doing hot set in Richmond I think in july or august i forget hot I set at hot august hot
3: mm-hmm. set hot august maybe i don't know that would i be, could do we'll some, some comedy in between acts Ooh. honestly mm. i've
0: tried that before and it's it's always a i get so impressed. you know <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to do a joke as someone's like breaking a drum kit down behind you and it's like oh, okay <laughs> Yeah, nice. you guys stop paying attention. It's all good. <laughs>
1: so but that's no. a resounding no. But we still got John Mayer on the table.
3: <laughs> John Mayer is still a possibility.
1: Somehow, John Mayer is more of a possibility than Eric come. at the festival. Which no, is saying I'm gonna something. I'm gonna
0: try to come out. You asked if I could take some photos and stuff yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I'm down to you know I'm down for the cause. Um, but no, yeah. Keep an eye out for those that Richmond dates for Hot Set and uh, yeah. Jimmy, what do you got going on,
1: Swellioso folks? It is 420 weekend. If you are a loser, you are stoked. 420 is tomorrow. It's a Thursday. Uh, I'll be at Ampercy and Fell's Point on the docks, playing six to nine. You got a you got
0: a song coming out on 420. uh, I so I've heard.
1: I totally do. Um, uh, Check out the band at Sophomore MD. If you can't spell sophomore. I can't help you. There's three O's. That's all I'm going to give you. Sophomore. You've been one before. Spell it. At sophomore SophomoreMD, uh, we got a song coming out, uh, I guess if you're listening to this now. Today, 420, you're probably high as fuck. You're like, dude, I need a tune to spark to. Turn on backtrack. It has nothing to do with weed. I don't know if you heard about that. It has nothing to do with weed. But it is a good song. Shouts out to John Burkhart and uh, Joe Niehaus. Uh members of the band. Uh, I will also be at, if you're down in Gaithersburg, Montgomery County, you rich. You're like, dude, I got all this money. I got too much money. Where do I spend it? I'll tell you where. Friday, April 21st, Vine Alley, in the Kentlands. Saturday, April 22nd, across the street, I considered getting a hotel in Gaithersburg. But then I thought, <laughs> wow, I don't know what I'm gonna do from 11 a.m. until 7 p.m. in Gavisburg. Uh, but uh, so I will be driving back down again for Bruising Barrels, same set, same time, seven to ten, and of course, all you Towson amigos, Delaney need not apply. Nacho mamas in Towson, Sunday, April 22nd, one to four. Come in, grab a couple of mimosas. Maybe a couple tacos. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Uh, but yeah, at Software MD, check us out. Songs dropping tomorrow. Be one of our first trillion plays, maybe, or just one of our first ten. Probably won't be that hard. Uh, yeah, at LFTS Podcast across the board. Uh, oh, also stay tuned for the booze belt bash. We're still working that out with Rodos yeah, down in Fells Point.
0: We do. We 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 gotta we gotta make a trip down to Fells too as the cast. To, yes. Uh, we got to do a little victory lap around town down there. I believe so. Gotta I got to go to Fells Point Tavern, get a water bomb.
1: I, I think that should be a new tradition as well for the winning town. Yeah. You know, since Fells Point did win the team title in the Baltimore Bar Classic this year, uh, we will be visiting Fells Point and just, you know, yucking it up.
0: Yeah, shaking hands, kissing babies. Kissing babies,
1: all the above. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, stay tuned for the drop of the Booze Belt Bash at Rodos in Fells Point, Uh, We're going to have music. We're going to have comedy. uh, And it's going to be sweet. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. Please. Hopefully.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it won't be a repeat of last year. Oh, it
1: most certainly will not. (laughs) If you hated last year, you're going to love this year. Uh, Until next week, folks. Peace. Peace.